0: everybody and welcome to the podcast. Today we're joined by Joey, Bo, and it's your boy Brady. And I think that's how I'm gonna introduce until you guys tell me what else to say. So No, I think how- that was perfect. Okay. I good. like
1: that I can actually see you and you pointed at your camera for Joey yourself for Bo. was actually behind you
0: for the viewers at home right you got you got on my screen i got joey to the right i pointed to the right Bo's below me so i pointed below and then it sends me so yeah subscribe subscribe to the the vlog uh, (laughs) coming next (laughs) go to the youtube channel for for live live reaction but today we're doing the 1963 comics i believe because i believe week one was 61 and 62 is that, is that right? That is
2: that correct. Is correct.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's a one one year compared to two, but a, a lot more reading. This was oh. this was homework. Well,
0: as, <laughs> as the as the guys know here, uh, it took me up into due date, as did most of my homework in high school. So uh, it was it was a tough one to get through, and I think it's only going to get tougher if I'm being honest. So, I'm
1: not gonna even save this for like a spoiler in the middle um i i uh i jumped around a little bit and uh i i don't know if i completely finished the assignments
2: um yeah so
1: so, but um but i i got enough of my fill but yeah uh i don't know if that's gonna be the pattern (laughs) moving forward this was just a busier week for me but um i'll probably binge read what what may have been missed or, or not missed and, uh, and go from there. But regardless, yeah, uh, these were some long comics.
2: Yeah, I- and what I will say, I, I think we're going to have more comics to read in the future, Brady. But this is not your standard length of a comic in terms of time spent reading. I feel like I spend four times the amount of time reading these old comics than I do a modern one. Because it's more about like the artwork and the action in the, in the newer ones, whereas one of these comics in the 60s would probably be four or five issues of a story today.
0: Good, because I have a lot of notes this week, so let's, let's get started, because I know we're going to be talking a lot just because of all the content that was there. So first uh, group of issues is just one issue, I believe, which is Fantastic Four number 10. So what were you guys' overall thoughts?
2: Meta... Right off the bat. I mean, this is, this is an issue of Marvel Comics where we get the characters of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. as actual characters printing Marvel Comics in Marvel Comics.
1: This has to be the first time that they've ever done this, right? Uh, yeah, I don't even know if that's just like a, in Marvel Comics. They eh? <laughs> like Stan and Jack. That was that was pretty cool to see. Obviously, it was it was great to also see the return of Mister D- Victor Von Doom himself. But yeah, I, I did not expect this, especially again in these earlier years. This feels like a something in like a modern Deadpool issue that I would expect. But to see this in, in early Marvel and uh, it, it was pretty cool <laughs> to include themselves in this
0: it I, I, I like that you brought up Deadpool because uh, for the people who don't know Deadpool is my favorite character in the MCU and what has brought me into comics is the MCU. So this was a really special uh edition, or issue for me because I did feel that very Deadpool esque that breaking of the fourth wall. and I actually the, the first comment I made on this is this is the comic I wanted to read from the start.
2: I found and it this... very interesting that, that not only were Stan Lee and Jack Kirby characters in the Marvel Universe, but they consult on a regular basis with Mr. Fantastic for ideas on how to print Fantastic Four comics.
0: Yeah, and, and so the note, big note that I have on Doctor Doom, the two big things are, Doctor Doom is epic, but early on, he gives real Skeletor vibes. And I don't know if you guys picked up on that. But, like, he's sitting there, you know, ha ha, didn't know about this, did ya? Ha ha. And it just, throughout that whole comic, and the one that I pointed to the most was, I I just found it so funny that Doctor Doom's bodies had all these ways for Mr. Fantastic to escape. And he just didn't know. And then when they're fighting at the end and they're back in their bodies, he goes, bam, bet you didn't know about this in my body. And it was just hilarious every time he pulled something out.
1: My favorite part of this this whole exchange, too, uh, was obviously the body swap happens. He learns this from this alien race. Kind of a kind of a cool story there. I don't know if we I don't think the actual aliens in this ever come back or recurring anything like the scrolls or anything like that this is just kind of like a an alien race but i I love that like when they return (laughs) that panel where uh doom is uh when his last seconds of still being mr fantastic just like squirming away to escape of that panel um, the, the when they first realized that obviously this one's Doom because that's not something that Reed Richards would do as Mr. Fantastic. I thought that was a pretty funny character, for, like a, a display of Doom. You don't see him running very often.
0: 100%.
2: Yeah, and the, and the last note I have on this issue is um, I, I we are 10 issues into the Fantastic Four now. Sue Storm should not be walking in front of cars in traffic while invisible, without realizing that she's invisible, <laughs> she should know how to control this power by now. She's just like, "Why isn't that car stopping?" Oh, I must be invisible. They're, well, they're playing, I think we're
0: playing into the stupid the stupid female stereotype a little too hard for me. If I'm if I'm being honest, yeah. But one thing
1: I think about uh, is cool about the Fantastic Four, especially as this this first family, the way they're developing. Um, and it's not in this issue, but it even happens in a couple of these other issues because I think we're gonna. Are we gonna talk about all the Fantastic Four issues here together? It's kind of like a, a first run through. Um, I thought it was cool that they like start to like experiment with their own powers. They're they're kind of admitting of like a, um, oh, we, we have these powers, but we're just not like all knowing, and we, and we don't know everything about them. They're still like kind of like Reed Richards is actually just experimenting on Sue Storm in a later issue uh, that we that we read through here, uh, just kind of trying to figure out what they can and cannot do. So I think that aspect's very cool. I like the realistic aspect of comics where you can kind of make it that there's these superheroes in the real world. And that gives this to me a little bit where, okay, it's not just a, I'm like early days Captain America where you're instantly just like the superhero or Superman where you've got everything, you know how to do everything. They're like still kind of developing these powers in a sense and, and figuring out like, is there a normalcy to this is are they going to stay forever something like that so um that yeah that's a that's a cool aspect as well too but the fantastic four um definitely definitely developing you can even see it in the art style one thing i'm big about on these early comics because i mean the panels can can kind of drone on at times but the art style and it's already starting to make leaps and bounds for me um and then you can see some clear differences between the different artists too which i think is pretty cool
0: yeah, when when Steve Ditko comes in, you you see the completely different style. I think I think I noticed that with this this run. And I was like, "Oh, all right, that's different." Um yeah,
1: big big Ditko fan comparatively. Um and I know that Kirby, I think will obviously continue to kind of like grow in his abilities, but I I too leaned definitely towards that that art style of Ditko. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, I know you you mentioned staying with Infanastic 4. We are going to switch it up a little bit before we go back. So it's second uh, group of issues is uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 through 3. First one, he actually teams up a little bit with the Fantastic Four. So let's talk about it. Teams up with or sneaks into their
2: headquarters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that.
0: Sneaks <laughs> into their <laughs> headquarters. <They're laughs> he kind of just flies uh. in, right?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's a very interesting. My favorite part about... Amazing Spider-Man number one is Peter Palmer.
2: Oh, yes. That was it, the the first note I took down was Peter Palmer with a laughing emoji just because throughout the entire story. And I think it's only one of the two stories in that issue. And I, I just said,
0: I feel so bad for Peter Palmer. All <laughs> the things that are happening. He's having a bad time. And even the writers get his name wrong. Like... But yeah, I'm definitely probably. starting
1: to, to feel for our board boy Peter, uh, regardless of his last name. I noticed even too, like even more like subtly, um, they're playing back and forth between the Spider-Man with or without a hyphen. Like there's times where there is or is not, and obviously it definitively has that hyphen and even plays on that in future comics. But um, another name thing that I thought was kind of strange, and I see a couple of these too, um, but I've, in this issue, is, is that bully that they reference as I think it's Moose? Is that because he looks exactly the same in issue two? Is that Flash? Flash Thompson?
2: I I believe the bully in all of these issues that, you know, it's the kind of the main recurring bully in Spider-Man. It it is Flash, as far as I'm aware. Uh, But yeah, these name mix-ups, I I think, are a, a classic staple of Marvel Comics, because this is actually, I believe, why Stanley prefers these names with, you know, same first initial in the in the first name and the in the last name. Peter, Parker, Pepper Potts, you know, you get these, uh, what is that, an alliteration when you've got the same letter and because Stanley is terrible with names, which is why he did this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I the the thing that I actually really liked about this, though, a little little switch up, is I loved... Like I said, I come from the MCU, and part of the MCU with Spider-Man is, like, why did the newspaper hate Peter Peter Parker, so, or hate Spider-Man so much? And then when you get into the comics, you, you realize, like, you don't have a really good reason, but you still get that hatred of he just doesn't like Spider-Man and then throws some baseless claim as to why, why he doesn't like him. And I'm like, Oh, okay. It makes sense. How the MCU did. He just just doesn't like Spider-Man. Got it.
2: JJ
1: has some seriously petty tendencies. (laughs) And, uh, I, I think that that's so funny too, even more. So I love the dynamic of kind of like the high back in your face aspect of Peter Parker's one rule of you can't ask me how I'm getting these photos. And, uh, just basically, i need a source of income and i'm gonna make the guy who is is out to get me in my alter ego uh kind of front the bill on this one
2: yeah kind of a turning of tables Um, and yeah j jonah jameson one of my favorite recurring spider-man characters Uh, and we get a a lot of introductions to spider-man villains and, and characters in these three issues we got you know, Jay Jonah Jameson. We got his son, John Jameson. We get the Chameleon. We get the Vulture. We get Doc Ock. Uh, we get the Tinkerer, a very little-known Marvel villain. Who, yeah, who that, was your uh, guys' favorite Spider-Man villain of these issues? Least favorite
1: for sure uh, is is a tie between the chameleon and the tinker. I feel like those were. I think they both developed to be completely different over time. Even at like what their powers are. Like this chameleon, like he's just he's got really good mask. <laughs> and the tinker, I don't even know if this is the tinker in the future because I'm pretty sure that this one might have just been an alien. <laughs> I think because they like pulls off the mask of the variant variant too. So I know that that changes as well. Um, the vulture, I love the take of just how elderly this villain is compared to others but i was i was super impressed with the doc ock um i mean just kind of if you think main spider-man villains amongst that huge rogue gallery i think green goblin venom and, and doc op is kind of like those top three and i thought this was a, a really cool and again a lot of these, like, f- number one stories, this isn't first appearance, this is an Amazing Fantasy, but uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one. Um, I, I kind of knew the background of a lot of these stories, but this was my first time reading most... I, I think all of these, again, on this entire list. So seeing the amount of characters we got kind of, like, right off the bat with, like you mentioned, Vulture, Doc Ock, uh, it, that was cool, that was exciting.
0: So uh my... I'm a I'm going to take a hot take here. My least favorite Spider-Man villain was Doc Ock. And I know he's going to get better in the future, so I feel safe saying that now that I was just really underwhelmed with his his story and how how he kind of worked. I think my favorite was the Vulture though, and one of the main reasons is how corny his like responses were when he did something cuz all he does is he's just a vulture, right? So like I'm 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 holding up a a slide right now that I just love, and it's when they're introducing the vulture. He comes down and steals a briefcase, and the guy goes, The vulture, he stole my briefcase with a fortune in bonds. Help! And it's like, <laughs> just happens to steal the briefcase with a, a fortune in bonds. I just love it.
1: I, I love that they, they pointed that out as well too. Like, what a weird thing to say out loud to the public. Like, even if even if he drops that, you're not getting that back. But I'm sorry. Yeah. But no, I, the one thing I thought was cool about the vulture scenes, and especially like the panel you have uh, pulled up, and a couple of the other ones too. Again, going back to that art style, just these mid in flight, like uh, hanging on for dear life. I think the showcase of Spider Man's abilities, specifically in the art style that they're shown, is really cool. Um, I just read a recent issue of the current ongoing Amazing Spider-Man, um, and he has a very, very similar battle against the Vulture. Uh, and I thought the comparison between the two of those was really, really cool. Yeah,
2: the- I really liked the Vulture in this run. And, and Brady, I'd, I'm i going to go on record saying I, I'm fully on board with your hot take of Dr. Octopus being a very underwhelming villain. I I honestly... I understand that Dr. Octopus is, like, the Spider-Man villain, almost. Um, A lot of people think Green Goblin or Venom, but I I think Dr. Octopus is arguably, like, the most quintessential Spider-Man villain. And he has never been my favorite by any means.
0: And in the MCU, especially towards the end, you, you get, like... I actually, like, understood, like, okay, I see why Doc Octopus is sweet, but, like... This first, uh, just this first rendition, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And then my last take before I hand it back to you guys on the Amazing Spider-Man is another, another uh, outstanding comment is uh, a costumed Earth creature sees him when Spider-Man jumps into the room with the aliens. I love. It. I don't know why. It's just out of all the things to say, it's a costumed Earth creature sees him, and it it makes me smile every time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, th- there was a lot of ones that I, I laughed out loud about. I, I've, I started taking screenshots and then stopped because I realized how many I was taking of, of panels as I came across them <laughs> on my phone. But yeah, just again, just the way that some things are phrased is uh, something I hope we start to kind of fizzle out of. I know we're not going anywhere anytime soon, but um, I really, really love just... In, in the current state, like this huge array of comics, I think my favorite thing about all of them so far was... Um, and this will start to tie into these next ones that we talk about, is just the, the amount of crossovers that we're starting to see. Again, Brady uh, just referencing the MCU and stuff like that. That's where you really start to get that, oh, oh, it's that guy moment. And uh, Marvel really played along with that with some of their big heavy hitters here. So um, going back to that, that first one and seeing the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man together, I can only imagine being a kid at that time. And having read both of those stories and and seeing them come together, like that, just had to be kind of very similar to what we see on screen these days.
0: Yep, I uh, I'm I'm excited for it. You already see it some in these uh, these comics and leading up to it. You go, ooh, like we're gonna get into it a couple later where they start tying them together, and and even even seeing the title, and I imagined like back in the '60s, running to the comic book stand and seeing like, ooh. Ant-Man teaming up with the Fantastic Four. This is crazy, right? Like, seeing that, I got excitement in 2023. I can only imagine when it was, like, fresh and coming out. So, you know, it's it's cool to see, and it's going to be even better coming up. Speaking of even better coming up, (laughs) our uh, third uh, issue of the week, Tales of Suspense number 39, which is our introduction to Iron Man. Go.
2: I mean... I I can't say much about this comic other than the origin of Iron Man in the MCU nailed the origin of Iron Man. I think that this was, you know, reading this in 2023, it was basically reading a 1960s shot-for-shot shot version of someone, you know, that watched Iron Man and then went back to the 1960s and wrote that story uh, with a, you know, a little more racism thrown in there perhaps but it was it was easy to <laughs> overlook
0: that definitely i definitely made a racism comment i said why they got to do the like you know haven't having the 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 stereotypical uh eyes on the vietnamese individuals i think that was very uh rude of of it's probably a Ditko comment i'm assuming because it or a Ditko comment because it looks pretty good so i don't know why no. you had to do them like that
1: the eyes, the the slightly off-yellow skin tone, and then obviously, I mean, I have to ask you guys, when you read their speech bubbles and the way that they phrase some of these words together, did you read them in any form of accent? Um, just kind of growing up with, with a similar kind of under, undertone and, and
0: misunderstanding? What do you mean? We know you are American weapons inventor. You read that with some kind of... Uh accent there, you know, I think they wrote it, hoping you would do that with some form of racism so
1: I felt I felt <laughs> trapped I really did, but uh, yeah that that's how I read a lot of those, maybe even a little more higher pitched
0: <laughs> I, w- I will say there was one moment of the comic that I did have a question because it looked like in one part of the comic, you know the Vietnamese individuals were uh were talking about how how anthony stark was dying and said that shrapnel's going to his heart and dude's act honest you could see he's passed out there's no way he's listening they're in another room right and then on the next slide or whatever he's like all right i've got to figure out because there's shrapnel going to my heart and i'm like when did he find out like how how did he know he talked to the doctor where was that slide like how does he know
1: he probably felt it (laughs) but no i mean (laughs) tony stark that's a smart guy and i noticed this as well too um you think about the the main people that we have in these comics so far that we've looked over you got mr fantastic you've got tony stark you've got bruce banner you've got spider-man intelligence is a huge factor in these superheroes compared to the just the oh i'm the superman i'm big strong like the majority of these people have somewhat of a engineering scientific background that's so pretty cool too um there's just that hu- that big scientific theme uh, amongst the majority of the players in the comic world right now.
2: Yeah. A lot of these characters, arguably their superpower is their brain. I mean, Tony Stark, I think a lot of people say he doesn't have a superpower. He just has, you know, has a bunch of money and in, in a suit. But I think we see in these comics that, you know, his superpower arguably is just his massive intelligence. That's almost superhuman. And let's talk about the suit.
1: I think that was you mentioned the the kind of like specific uh, panel for panel how this matched up to the MCU, and I completely agree with that too. Give or take some like the actual characterizations of the people. Um, what the suit did and kind of like the thought process behind it was was not exactly what I expected. Obviously, we didn't go immediately to the arc reactor and things like that. Um, but this kind of big clunky iron man iron mask suit i thought there was a cool play on it too um where they really really identified him as just being this extremely handsome persona and then he's just he feels trapped in this iron suit too when he puts this on saying like i'm going to be stuck in this forever now like in order to survive and, and stay alive from this point which we know he doesn't but almost kind of like Concealing that part of his personality, now he's just this brain in this iron suit um, that, that's keeping him alive. So, um, yeah, just playing again on that that monster aspect, the the hideous aspect, the brain aspect. You don't have these just gorgeous, super strong people walking around. Everybody's got kind of like that underdog background, but the brain to kind of build on that.
0: And I do have to ask, as it is a tale of suspense. Did either of you guys read the last bit?
2: I um so, I I will say I read every comic panel, like every artistic panel in every single issue, and I will do that moving forward. However, I have stopped reading the massive stories that <laughs> are just all text that take up like two pages of the comic.
1: <laughs> I treat those I, as as an ad. <laughs> Where It just sticks. it might as well just be selling me a bar of soap, or I'm just skipping over that.
0: Okay, I didn't touch it, so if there was anything interesting, I was going to ask. Speaking of anything interesting, the fourth issues, a uh, group of issues that we read this week. It's Fantastic Four, number 12, number 13, and the entire annual one. Um, What do you guys think?
1: Well, this goes go straight back into what I was saying, the, the huge part for me um, and a big reason of why I got into comics in the first place, I love a team up, I love a crossover, I love those huge events, um, the annual being in this, I think this is the first of its kind of just having, having this big giant size annual issue. Um, um, but to not skip over issues 12 and 13, issue 12, we get this crossover again where we just have the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, and now we introduce uh, Bruce Banner. We introduce the Hulk um, separately because, uh, again, he has this kind of uh, unknown persona about him as well, too. Um, but I loved – and, again, I, this had to be so cool at the time, but just the, the argument and the battle of the Hulk and the Thing um of just who's stronger who's who's like the strongest of them all who's got the more muscle and just kind of like that battling attitude between them uh i can imagine being a fan of the hulk and then going into this and like oh no he he could totally take the thing and uh, that had to be awesome it was awesome for me now again had to be awesome back then
2: yeah, I I did love the crossover. My notes started with me just putting one line that said "crossover" with six exclamation part exclamation points after it. Um, but I I did like the Hulk and the Thing comparisons. I also really liked. We were just talking about super intelligence with you know Tony Stark. I liked the official meeting of the minds of uh, Bruce Banner and Reed Richards, who uh, you know arguably we've got like three massive forms of intelligence here that we're seeing over the course of two issues in tony stark reed richards and bruce banner and so i loved that aspect and one thing that i i took note of in this first comic with the crossover when they have that meeting with you know thunderbolt ross the government reed richards bruce banner the rest of the fantastic four was left out of this meeting But did you guys notice Rick Jones got to sit in on this meeting? (laughs) And Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm had to sit in the hallway having no idea what was going on. But Rick Jones, our guy, was in on this secret meeting. Well, everywhere Bruce goes, Rick Rick will follow. And again, I don't know when they
1: get kind of like it just seems, oh, Rick Jones, the guy that was uh, right there when the Hulk got his first powers and then disappeared around the same time. Like they might start cluing this together, considering like General Ross was right there. Um, but yeah, I think it's so funny that they kind of had the rest of the team sit down in the hallway. Obviously, they didn't stay out there very long. Uh, we we see how that plays out, but uh, yeah, I, I laughed about that as well too.
0: I'll say that uh, my number one comment was the battle everyone wanted to see: Bang versus Hulk. But my second comment was, uh, and and Bo, you mentioned earlier you stopped taking screenshots because you took too many. I didn't stop. And there was a <laughs> comment about uh, what each of them will do to catch the Hulk, and it gets to Sue. And she goes, oh, damsel in distress, I don't know what I'll do, but I sure ha- try and help. And then General comes in and says, Miss Storm, a pretty young lady, can always be of help just by keeping the men's morale up and i i died it, laughing it, only for reed richards to say that's just the way we feel about <laughs> sue general and i died i had to put the comic down for a sec i had to put my phone down and i was like i, I can't continue for a sec it was yeah
1: th- poor sue man uh, again there was just kind of like this good old boys club like uh johnny storm talk about he how he would take out the hulk and then oh no 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 this is what i would do and uh yeah sue she was just basically like oh, I, I'm good. I don't think I could do much. And everybody else was really quick to agree upon that.
0: <laughs> and, but she could lift the men's morale up by being a pretty, pretty lady. Gotta love it.
2: Yeah. That oh. was, uh, it was definitely not the best look there for sure. <laughs> um, in the, in the second issue in this run, we got what I think was arguably, I mean, I, for me personally, a forgettable issue from this run, but we did get the watcher introduced. Um, interesting that we got the Watcher so early and he immediately breaks the rules of being a Watcher as soon as we see
0: him.
2: <laughs> uh, another but,
1: unexpected recurring character.
2: Um, and yeah, the Watcher being as big as he is. I love that
1: we're already starting to get that kind of like intergalactic, um, just cosmic aspect of the Fantastic Four, which is where they really thrive. Um, but yeah, the Watcher, I feel like every time I've ever seen him in a story, that's all he does is break his one rule. Otherwise, guy he's just out
2: there watching. <laughs> the guy interferes. He's not supposed to interfere, but the guy loves to interfere.
0: Yeah, my my comment was uh, because yet again, as mentioned in the first episode, my connections to Marvel are MCU and mobile games, and he's named Zatu the Watcher, I believe.
2: So it's it's Uatu. It-
0: Uatu whatever his actual name is to pronounce it, I typed it out and I was like, let's go! Another thing I, I know briefly, and I get to learn more about. And I was actually I, I, I was like, yet again, hot take, I'm going to disagree with you, Joey. I love this episode. I loved communist monkeys getting superpowers and getting, getting taking out the other communists because the, the good old Americans fed them. You know, I, I I actually love the story on the moon, by the way, all of that on the moon, but yeah, a was, lot I of
1: shots fired uh, over towards the side <laughs> of the commies here. Uh, and if you think about the times that this is taking place, and obviously there were huge into that kind of like that space race aspect of it as well, too. Um, well, the continue well, the more so the the race towards the moon at this point. Uh, cause I think America already lost that, that space race aspect. And again, uh, but we're not going to lose it this time in the comics and, uh, yeah, feeding them. And I think Sue even makes a reference to like, oh, the, it's just like the, the people of, of them, uh, where they're just so poorly treated and the kind of, you, you lose that. Um, yeah, that was just call me monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, I have to agree with you. This, this one, uh, this was a, this kind of a skimmer for me.
0: Oh, I love the Kami Um, I will say my last little note on this was uh, I felt like the Red Ghost was actually Domino in disguise. Because towards the end of the comic, everything was, aha, this, you know, this disintegration ray that I was just, hap- I just happened to come across is right here, pointed at you guys. Aha, my luck. You know, it's like, you know, everything is just so lucky for him. So that was my last little comment.
2: Yeah, and just in the interest of time, uh, yeah, real quick, the Fantastic Four annual, it was long, it was good though, I I really enjoyed it, but it it was very similar to kind of the plot of, I mean, you know, I got some Wakanda Forever vibes, but obviously Black Panther has not been introduced yet. Yeah, I'll say that the
0: annual was my slowest and hardest thing to get through this week, and probably why it took me so long.
2: Because it was fifty something pages, it was long. It was a slugfest, and I but I did enjoy Fantastic Four going on going on a cruise.
0: Yeah, I I liked that aspect of it, but the rest of it was just drowning on. I did the more that I I I read, I do like Namor a lot. He just keeps growing as a character. He doesn't um, keep
1: growing. He just keeps growing beards and then coming up out of disguise and then surprising the Fantastic Four again. But yeah, as far as annuals go, uh, I look at these comics now and I literally – the first thing I do is I click how many pages are in them. And I see 23, 24, and I'm like, easy, easy. And then I get to page seven. I'm like, three hours later. <laughs> it, yeah. just, it, it does take so long. And I I truly love – like. Some of the giant size issues, the annuals, the crossover, things like that. But at this time, I feel like they're just really trying to squeeze a lot in there.
0: Uh, agreed. And speaking of uh, squeezing a lot in there. <laughs> so next episode or next issue on this week was uh, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. And I'm going to start it with a take that this was not a superhero comic. I didn't I know that this was a thing. It.
1: <laughs> it was sick. This was a good old like. I mean, I I love my war movies too. Um, and this was <laughs> this was exactly that. I I Nick F- Fury gave me some strong like Brad Pitt vibes in the movie that I know that I feel like you guys are like we're out we're killing Nazis <laughs> and it gave me some GI Joe vibes and obviously I recognize like the names of Nick Fury and uh uh D- Dungan. Oh, I'm dumb, saying his dumb name that come i don't know if it's the exact iteration of these people they come to be like shield agents or how that ties up but obviously i recognize those names yeah the story itself there was no superheroes in this uh so that was weird it was kind of like when we got just some of those early issues of uh tales to astonish and stuff like that from war uh journey into mystery before thor and things like that um so it shows the other side of marvel but it was cool to see those recurring names so i don't know if that ties in uh but it it was a it was a fun read to mix things up a little bit
2: yeah i really liked it it was basically like saving private ryan in marvel comics and i mean we saw hitler in marvel comics which was kind of cool but other than that, I didn't really have too many notes on it, but I, I did enjoy it. You know, you got the Nick Fury, Dum Dum Dugan, who I, I think is actually in the first Avenger, the Captain America movie. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it.
0: I think he is as well. And it's one of my favorites. I love Dum Dum Dugan. It's just what a great name. Um so we'll we'll quick quickly move move through that one and say uh, it's time for uh, week two issue six tales to astonish ant-man and the wasp for the first time and i will say i really enjoyed it but i got another screenshot which is the uncomfortable immediately falling in love uh the wasp falling in love with ant-man and him saying well you're just a child do we ever find out her age is like is He is like toying with the idea. Is Ant Man like a pedophile? Is that what's going on here?
1: Well, again, and uh, this comes up as well, too, is like uh, there's several, several times that Ben Graham refers to Alicia Masters as a child as well. And they're just, he's just going out on dates with her (laughs) uh, in in the Fantastic Four. And, um, yeah, her, he's like, oh, she reminds me so much of Maria. And he's just, I'll never love again. Oh, but uh, this this child, this kid, um, who again quickly falls so deeply, madly in love with him. Oh, yeah, I was just, I didn't know if that was like phrasing or, I mean, that wasn't acceptable at the times, right?
2: I think, I think that the vocabulary of the time, I don't think we're witnessing, you know, pedophilia here. I think that what we're seeing is probably someone roughly our age going, you know, and hanging out with a girl that's in maybe college age. Maybe she's just turning 21, first able to drink. And we, I think they may have, you know, lovingly referred to young women as a child. Like, just, like, you know, it's a child. As as you age, you start calling younger people a child or boy or whatever. Just, I, I don't think that we're seeing anything necessarily wrong. It's just, it is uncomfortable to read in modern times, for sure.
1: Well, it makes me feel better. And I'm going to stick with that moving forward.
2: <laughs> so I'm going to take that as truth.
1: And, and that's how I'm going to read it and move forward. Because again, I don't, we skipped over this too, but there was a phrase just to speak to like the terminology of things uh, where <laughs> one of the screenshots I had that we passed over was when the, uh, the human torch uh, or Johnny Storm refers to uh, Reed Richards as Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's weird. You guys work together. Like, I would never call one of my coworkers Big Daddy. But, yeah, um, other than that, super cool to see the Wasp because we know I just thought it was awesome that I, I, I'm I a huge, huge Avengers fan. I know what that original roster is, and we're seeing these tie-ins of these characters. We saw um, the Hulk early on. We saw the Thor the Thor the <laughs> uh, Thor early on uh ant-man came in and then obviously the wasp was a huge aspect of that original team too not in the way that i thought she was going to be but um yeah cool issue just again because of that character development of where i know that's going to take off one thing that i thought weird though was the power development where he basically is like i've been experimenting on this i know how to do this i didn't do it to myself but come stand over here and i'll do it to you and when you get super super tiny you'll get wings and antenna." I'm just gonna wear my helmet and fly around on ants, but let me drastically like just change your body DNA forever.
0: yeah, that was my 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 thing I took away was like he's like,, eh, I, I might love her here, maybe die. Okay, she lived. all right, maybe I love her again. It's like. <laughs>
1: Treated her as very expendable. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I I did like, again, to kind of counter the uh, just play on words of a young woman being a child. um, I thought it was a cool little sidekick aspect, too. We had not seen a whole lot of that yet. uh, But I like kind of that team up. Again, never how I pictured that character. We know that they grow up to marry and divorce and then have this deep love. So I always pictured them much closer in age. But um yeah Hank Pym uh just interesting choices.
0: Mm-hmm. And definitely different from the the MCU storyline so far and we uh, maybe maybe we haven't gotten there yet but had well, no had no idea that he was married before and it was an interesting aspect so
1: Well so, uh, yeah the the marriage before thing but are you referring to like Ant-Man like Scott Lang or or Hank mm-hmm. Pym?
0: Hank Pym. So Hank Pym's uh, in in the MCU, the one yeah. who uh, is the original Ant Man, right? So, yeah, because you, you
1: get the uh, kind of there's obviously the the, sep- the the a couple different Wasp in the MCU as well too of the uh, Janet Van Dyne and then mm-hmm. Hope and yeah, um, I, I don't think Lily, my girl. <laughs> I'm still super. I have not seen Quantum Mania yet,
2: but very very excited to get that on the watch list. Oh, yep. you haven't seen Quantumania yet. All right. Because I... uh, that transitions uh, somewhat nicely into our next uh, couple of issues here, which, Brady, if you want to introduce the next set the next of issues. The next issue,
0: we have Week 2, Group 7, which is Fantastic Four, 16 and 17, which is the Fantastic Four team up with Ant-Man.
2: Yeah. All well, the team was... up. Good team up uh, with Ant-Man. It was Ant-Man.
0: definitely a team up. And it was the best team up because Ant-Man comes in and teaches them how to shrink and how to grow. So I'm a, I am was a big fan of, of that aspect. I also had a big question. Why would Ant-Man, who spent all this time, like, you know, it, now in, and yet again, MCU, so protective of that, right? No one's getting my, my pin particle. No one's touching it. Then he comes here, and you just see Hank Pym walk over and go, "Hey, Fantastic Four! Here it is." It was <laughs> it was very off brand for me, but it it worked out. I also never thought as like
1: of the Pym particles and, and the shrinking and growing as being like a released gas. So seeing that illustrated was pretty cool too. And that all that really, I mean, he's got these very clear like um, dispensers on his waist on on that belt line, and I think that's a cool aspect of just like. And speaking of which, just going deeper into that, I love when they do like those close-up, like when it showed the inner workings of his helmet and stuff like that, where it just shows kind of like the fake science of it. But you're like, oh, in picture, this looks great. So again, even with this issue too, I think the art style's starting to develop. I love when you cross over um, and and get these multiple characters in one panel. And yeah, I'm I'm just going to say it again. I love
2: a team-up. Yeah, good team-up. And we do get yet another return of Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom becoming a big recurring villain here for the Fantastic Four. And I mentioned earlier, you know, Quantumania, you haven't watched it yet. I won't say too much here, but, you know, we get... They go into the micro world. And this gave me big flashbacks to watching Quantumania in theaters recently just, you know, replace... Doctor Doom with Kang who's in Quantummania. Uh but yeah, you guys I I'm interested to hear from you once you guys do watch that movie because I want to hear your thoughts on it because I have some thoughts on it that I would like to share at some point. But yeah, good good Even... episode here with Doom or Issue and I'm I am going to mix up the words episode and issue every single time we were <laughs> well i think
1: the podcast. yeah because we're very interchangeably talking about the mcu and then the comic issues and yeah to that extent there were several times where doom is just kind of this he's just a super villain and yeah he's recurring which is awesome but i could yuki's he's very i almost interchanged him with kang a couple of times in a couple of these art panels just like the appearance of him like the way that he acts in certain situations. Yeah, I think the presence of the micro-world and obviously the quantum realm and the MCU of it is really cool as well. So um, I don't know how that's going to tie in, uh, but I, I, again, I love this historical aspect of it. ant Man's a really cool character. I, I like how he kind of gets involved in a lot of these different stories.
0: I do want to say, why is Sue horny over everyone? Like right at, off the rip, Ant-Man shows up, gives him the particles, leaves, and she's like, oh my gosh, if only he was full size. Think about how dreamy he would be. And it's like, come on, Sue. Like, first you got you got Namor, uh, Namor, now you're like hard, hard crushing on, on, uh, on Ant-Man. Like,
1: well, you see this with the wasp as well, too. And honestly, the answer to your question is why are these females acting this way and so horny on these panels is because they're written by a man.
0: That's true. Down <laughs> and and that's exactly how they're
1: picturing them acting in these situations of these beautiful women just all struck and, and gawking over these men the way that men would like for it to be.
0: I mean, even, even, uh, you know, Johnny, Johnny Storm with the, the queen or the princess or whatever she was of the, the small realm, like, even, even then, like, she was like, oh, yeah, it's it's, it's they're all like that, man.
1: Women and teenagers. Uh we'll see this with a couple other teenagers as well too in some of these comics that we'll talk about. But yeah, I think I think that it's funny. I like that they play on it. It's getting into the minds of the readers of probably how they would think about things as well, too,
0: and kind of like oh that's relatable. I do also thoroughly enjoy the introduction of the lizardmen. They didn't have a big part, but they were there. Good old lizardmen.
1: Love I'm gonna throw
0: experience.
1: a what is your phrasing? A hot take? But this is a very unpopular opinion, I'm sure. I am just I'm very early on getting some Fantastic Four burnout. Um and I don't know if it's strictly because of the extent of the issues that we've had to read. Um, but I maybe that's why I enjoy the mix up and the crossover so much more too. Um I think Marvel's for Family, again, we're only in their second year here. Um, but uh, just reading some of these, I'm just they don't have the greatest rogue vault like gallery, in my opinion. Um, the characters are just kind of they're kind of stagnant in a way that they don't this Fantastic Four here now is is very similar to what they are kind of forever. With, I feel like the exception of Does anybody else think that just the human torch's powers are just like so outlandish at times? <laughs> like that one time where he literally made uh fire lasso (laughs) to pick up a uh it's just uh, the explanation of of, of fire and his powers i feel like it's so different than what it
2: really should be i i completely agree there are times when he arguably has loki's powers because he can just like make a fire image of something that's basically an illusion of something being there that's not I'm very—it's it, loose science at best, like we said last week.
1: <laughs> you said Loki. Let's go talk about Loki. I'm again Fantastic Four burnout. I want to talk about some Avengers.
0: All right. Well, let's let's move on. I will say it's not a hot take though, because I would look through, and when I'd see Fantastic Four, I would audibly sigh and like, oh, more Fantastic Four. <laughs> let's go. Because again, we had. Well, I'm not big on on the comics yet. I'm just a big MCU fan, and we all know that MCU has done Fantastic Four wrong. So, I'm not excited to continue reading them like I would be a, a Iron Man or a Spider Man that I have the background for. So, to uh, that extent,
1: have they really done them so wrong? Because I much more enjoyed those movies than
0: I have compared to some of these original comics. Uh, I, I
1: think the take on the origin stories have been pretty cool as far as the, the live actions.
0: I think they could have done Fantastic Four way better than they did. And I think that's the problem. When you compare like the Fantastic Four movies to we're getting off topic of the Four movies to some of these movies, origin movies that are out now, it's not even close. But, you know, was a good
1: origin movie. Avengers.
0: Yeah, the Avengers are a great origin movie. And my comment on this is I had no idea who the first Avengers were. So you mentioned earlier like you were you were all in, you knew. I was not expecting Ant-Man and the Wasp to be in the first Avengers. So I would I when, did. when I saw them swing in, I was excitedly shocked. So there's just so many references in in modern comics
1: back to this original team. Uh, for references back to Loki for being the reason that the Avengers like ultimately assembled. And again, as many times as I knew this team kind of knew the story I really didn't. This was my first time ever reading Avengers number one. And I loved it. Yeah, it was yeah, great. I,
2: Go ahead, Joey. Oh, I, I really liked it. I've, I've read this before, um, probably twice before this. But I, I did forget, again, the reason for the Avengers assembling is our guy. And I told you, Brady, that he is one of the best characters in Marvel Comics. Rick Jones is the reason that the Avengers assemble. He tries to contact the Fantastic Four because, you know, it's all we had. Like we were just saying, Fantastic Four is all anyone knows. Problem, we need to call the Fantastic Four. He sends out the radio signals and it gets uh, split up and, and sent to the wrong places. And all of these different characters get the radio broadcast. A symbol to this area, and we get the the forming of the Avengers.
1: Which again, a team up, a crossover. This is really kind of that. This is the issue. This is the comic that kind of develops that Marvel universe. of these are our characters that we're going to build on moving forward. The Fantastic Four is in there. Everything shy of Spider Man. Um, you get shiny new gold Iron Man, which I love a little bit more. Uh, the the Hulk, the Thor, and I feel like each one of those characters gets. I said the Thor again. That's so funny. I have to stop saying his name after the Hulk. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, Ant-Man Wasp. just because (laughs) he just really kind of tags along there. But yeah, to to reach out and just kind of acknowledge the other superhumans in this universe and then bring them all together because Loki just kind of redirects the call that was supposed to go to the the Fantastic Four, which is what everybody would call. But um, now we get a chance for this new hero team that I love and I'm very, very excited to read more of.
0: I'm actually offended that you said that Ant-Man and Wasp just tag along. There good the reason Loki got caught. No, 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 no. No, no. Not
1: Ant-Man and the Wasp tag along. The Wasp tags along. Okay. Fair, <laughs> Ant- Ant-Man was caught.
0: Wr- written by a man. I get it. But I-, I think one of the things that I noted is literally Loki is the most powerful being in all of the Marvel comics right now. The dude can literally just see across galaxies and just see what's going on and find people and i mentioned he's literally like just looking and goes oh there's hulk jumping around all right i'm gonna do something to him oh there's this I'm gonna it's just like he's literally the most powerful being and there's no denying it now you know dr doom finds his way into like crazy things but like loki literally has the power to do things that's insane
1: and he really just wanted to to pull Thor aside to to really get his chance to, to kind of get his vengeance on that. And we get the ties. We get Odin in this. We get some Asgard again. Uh, we get kind of like that separate Thor panel and really just kind of how that relationship between Loki, Thor, and o- Odin and, and just the other gods of Asgard is. Um, at the same time that all of this is going on um and again poor hulk man like again just can't catch a break Uh, if you're going to use somebody to your advantage obviously the hulk because everybody's going to look at him and just assume that he's a monster up to no good but um yeah he just he does not fare well with the team very early on but (laughs) i love when they finally decide at the end uh to become the avengers the hulk is like well i'm sick and tired of everybody kind of trying to chase me so of course i'm gonna join
0: For sure. Alright, and then the last uh, I guess not the last, the next to last comic here we have the original X-Men number one. One of the most expensive comic books out there. And yeah, I can say now yeah, for for a reason.
1: is huge, and I say this I'm, I'm probably going to say it every episode as huge of an Avengers fan as I am. And I love the Avengers team and the people included with that. I've never really ever followed the X-Men except for the early animated series loved it then. Um, and then the, um, the like the Fox live Marvel adaptations as well too. love those movies, love some Hugh Jackman, um, but never read early X-Men. I know that there's been so many different adaptations of that team, but never really cared to dive deep into, again, I knew who they were just because of, of, references to the team but never read the original x-men team and i i thought this was a cool jump again we just basically roped all of our superheroes into one marvel universe with the avengers shy of spider-man and now there's mutants (laughs) and there's this whole different development of powers this new race um this new super team and a new kind of way to to have powers and, and what to do with them and we get early inklings of how people kind of like respond to mutants. We get Magneto. I mean, this this was this was great. I I liked reading this a lot too, and just that early team. <laughs> Marvel Girl comes in, Jean Grey, and every other guy in the issue responds just like how every other guy has in every other Marvel comic so far. And uh, but she can hold her own. Oh yeah, that's that's the oh, big difference sure. here. Is, is Marvel Girls is not afraid to just kind of put you in your place,
2: for sure. And I uh, another thing that I always forget is that Jean Grey is Marvel Girl. Like that name means basically nothing to me. She's just Jean Grey. I mean, at times she's you know the Dark Phoenix, but she's she's Jean Grey. But yeah, like you, Bo, I've never been a big X Men guy. In in terms of reading comics, I never read any X-Men comics unless I'm reading an event and the event reading order has an X-Men comic involved in it. I do like the animated series and I love the Fox movies, especially the original trilogy from the early 2000s. The, the prequel ones are they're they're not great, but I do like all of the movies. And but yeah, I've never been a big mutant fan, but I loved this comic. Hey, I mean, you
1: can't you can't say that <laughs> mutants have rights, Joey.
2: Hey, all right, you you caught me. All right, I, no, I but to that back.
1: extent, the the two things that I I feel like I struggle with the most about the X Men is and later on the, the time travel aspect of it the future past the back to futures past things like that got a little too confusing for me and then b the way that people in the public of marvel comics and marvel films handled mutants where again in today's society b i don't know how you got you you've got powers that's either cool or not cool um i i can't love uh thor but hate Cyclops just because of a, a gene that's within their body. Um, but I love both of them equally. Um, I thought the team and the development of their powers, their little training session was was pretty awesome. Um, it doesn't really go into a play of kind of, I don't know if she develops this, but I was expecting Jean Grey to come in and then Professor X to be, oh, she's got the exact same powers as me. She can read minds. But it was more so the telekinesis part of it of just moving things with her mind so i don't know if again that changes over time but i think she takes the title of marvel girl a couple different times rather than just going by her name but yeah as far as uh females in in the marvel universe so far uh marvel girl's cream of the crop she's she's killing it
0: okay talking about cream of the cop crop i have now had my first and second favorite looking villains so far in the mcu I'm a big Doctor Doom fan. I love how Doctor Doom looks designed. But I love Magneto too. His costume is just iconic. He's got the 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 bucket helmet with the eyes the like almost boba fett like eyes eye socket. It's it's just so uh nostalgic and, and sweet and I just I love having another another, you know, iconic villain being added. Um and I will say my favorite X-Men so far was Iceman. So, uh, it's something about turning himself into a snowman just because someone called him like, that kid. It just just spoke to me. So, big Iceman <laughs> fan. And yeah,
1: again, just another uh, Bobby Drake aspect of it where you got this teenage play, um, very similar like uh, Johnny Storm on the Fantastic Four. Um, but unlike Johnny Storm when they're all oogling over Jean Grey when she comes up he's like I hope I don't grow up like you guys (laughs) like keep it in your pants
2: (laughs) yeah and one thing I didn't realize in reading this because I've never read this issue before the I always just assumed that someone else named them the X-Men because of Doc you know Professor Xavier but he says that he named them X-Men because they have extra power (laughs)
1: I didn't know that's where the name came from. I thought X was a reference to, like, the m- mutation gene. Um, so I think they might wreck on that and change that later. But, yeah, I saw the ex extra power, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I love that, but the name of it's pretty cool. Because, yeah, Cyclops just shows up on the scene. He's like, the X-Men are here. And they're like, the who? <laughs> Why didn't we call it the Fantastic Four or the Avengers? Um, but, yeah, to have a, a whole other team out there is awesome. And then, yeah, Brady... Love the villains. I mean, three huge iconic villains. Doom, Loki, Magneto. I think it's cool that we're getting them all now and they all kind of have like hero arcs like down the line where they've been along for so long that they're just these huge characters that they kind of have almost it gets into like an anti-hero aspect of it where they become part of the X-Men. They become part of the Avengers. Uh, so excited to really see them start to develop.
0: Speaking of things starting to develop, our last uh group of issues uh are strange tales 110 111 and 115. what do you guys think
1: i love these because i I don't think that human tour should be having his own solo series like this it's nothing it reminds me of what they eventually make like the spidey like team ups um in marvel comics where you give everybody all the spider-man you can I loved Doctor Strange, which is why they picked these three issues, I feel like. We get the first two, and then in 115, when they bring them back, they <laughs> so like you guys have been writing us in the mail, and we realized we forgot to do an origin story. <laughs> so we scrambled and put this together at the last minute. I thought just even that little soapbox right there was hilarious. But uh, Doctor Strange, this was another one that, just like Iron Man, I was like – wow the mcu kind of knocked this out of the park like you instantly get nightmare you get baron Mordo, um and just dr strange and his origin story when they go back and and tell how he gets there how he gets his powers what he does now sets him up to eventually kind of be i don't know if they refer to it as the sorcerer supreme or just the master of black magic at this point but um yeah, uh, just a cool take on a hero that we haven't seen yet. And I'm sure that magic aspect really kind of either deterred people or drew them in. But with them coming in a couple issues later and doing this origin story, I'm assuming a lot of people liked it almost as much as I did.
2: Yeah, I I found it really interesting that Doctor Strange debuted. I mean, we read three issues here and all three contain doctor strange stories and we probably read collectively less than one normal comic of doctor strange story here it was like and, the last
1: 5 pages of each one
2: yeah and so it, it it was very true to you know the origin story in the MCU of doctor strange and Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal and Because it was so small and so kind of, you know, a story that I was already familiar with, I was actually more drawn to the Human Torch storylines in these comics. And I kind of enjoyed them a lot more. I mean, we got one of my favorite lesser known Marvel villains of all time with Paste Pot Pete in the (laughs) first (laughs) Strange Tales issue here who i believe he becomes the trapster later uh you may recognize him Bo, at some point from modern stuff as the trapster but paste pot pete just a villain with a, a gun that shoots paste man uh, i love that
0: And did a great alliteration paste pot pete so i i kind of liked asbestos man
2: asbestos man was good <laughs>
1: yeah asbestos is just Mm -hmm. ultimately being the 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 thing that stops all flame um i even like when i think in one of the earlier issues last week when they when human torch was like developing his room and stuff like that like he had like an asbestos blanket and i just is that is that scientifically accurate
0: (laughs) well it's like it's like superman fighting kryptonite guy it's like it's just it's his the one thing that can stop him. And he, 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 you know, it's, it's really cool to bring it all together.
1: Oh. The trapster, his full name is Peter Petrusky. So he should have gone by pace pop here. Petrusky, because that's the alliteration of all alliterations.
2: 100%. That would have been great. Um, and then in one of the other torch episodes, we got uh, the human torch impersonating Spider-Man. He was like, he was battling the Sandman and everyone was telling him, you know, you need to call Spider-Man. And he said, no, I got this. And he just dressed up as Spider-Man to lure Sandman out and, and capture him. And I love that.
0: I I just hate Sandman. I think he is a, a very stupid villain, personally.
2: That's fair. And I completely understand that.
0: <laughs> I just, I don't know why. Speaking of... Uh titling things and people let's quickly get through this because we do have a special thing at the end of this episode uh who's your guy's favorite hero
2: what order are we going in because I, i i have a couple and it just depends on what order i get to pick in. because i'll i'll make sure i do something different if you guys pick my We'll you know what
0: joey words. for volunteering you go ahead who's your favorite hero?
2: <laughs> okay my my hero of the week this week is the human torch i mean our guy shows up in like 70 percent of the comics that we read he was in an, an issue of spider-man he was in all of these strange tales um i think he may have crossed over in in one other issue if i'm remembering right possibly not but human torch was everywhere our guy inspired peter parker to keep going as spider-man and then he impersonated him later on and i love that so human torch gets my hero of the week
0: that's a good one bo what you got
1: there were so many Uh, uh, just because i'm gonna from this point moving forward refer to them by their teams of the x-men the fantastic four and the avengers uh i i want to bring in somebody that we got kind of new that i wasn't expecting to kind of like root for this much but um with a with a panel of three guys voting i'm gonna vote marvel girl as my favorite she comes in and she gives us a completely different like portrayal of a female superhero and i think that that's dope again her just kind of like (laughs) throwing beast up in the air and and saying ah don't worry about me. I, I can handle my, my own stuff. I thought that was pretty dope. So, uh, Marvel Girl for the win. She won't be my favorite moving forward. She's definitely not one of my favorite superheroes. And I'll, I'll turn to, to not love me some Gene Grey. But for this week, that was a good appearance.
0: That was a good first appearance in the comics. And my weekly hero for first appearance in the comics, Sergeant Fury. Nick Fury is my favorite hero of the week. I, like I said, it wasn't a superhero comic, but... I mean, just that whole comic, I loved the, the non-superhero beat the commie aspect. And then when everything was doom and gloom, here comes Sergeant Fury from under the rubble to kill all the, all the Nazis. It was, it was just a good... It just made me, made me happy to see Nick Fury, who in the MCU is always just... Oh, uh, he's just Nick Fury. He's just Nick Fury. He comes out and has that heroic, like, awesome, awesome moment. Um, we'll start with Bo for this one. Who was your favorite villain?
1: favorite villain of the week had to be again we got a lot of these too um i got to go with loki the, he's just <laughs> he's just so huge i feel like maybe you guys might share this as well too but um just i think he, he kind of comedic in a sense as well too where he's but he plays on it he's he's the trickster he's the god of mischief um he does what he does for a reason, but I think because of what I know about Loki now, I'm really really appreciating this like this historical aspect of it. And Avengers number 1 was something that I was just really f- looking forward to reading. Um so, yeah, lo- Loki, I
2: owe you a lot, man. You put my team together.
0: What do you think, Joey? Who's the best villain?
2: I don't want to make you go last every time here. Let's uh, probably let's probably hear to be in the
0: All right so mine was down to two so we'll see if you pick the other one but for me uh my favorite is going to be the vulture i love the vulture i think he was a and i guess i i I said it in the moment i just felt like it was just so corny every time he caught somebody off guard he just had the perfect plan swooping in and i know that that briefcase contains a fortune of bonds i'm the greatest villain ever Writing a note to the cops, you will never catch me. I'm going to do this under your noses, signed The Vulture. It's just the so Chad uh, villain move. So I, I like The Vulture.
1: He yeah, had to make it a little more challenging for himself. He just throws those in through the window.
0: It's just so unnecessary. but it's, so, I'm not... it's the Chad play. It's the Chad play. I loved it.
2: I did really like the Vulture. He was my favorite Spider-Man villain this week, but I, I've been trying to steer away from picking Spider-Man things every week, so um, I'm glad you picked the Vulture so that I can take Magneto here. I'll i take, I'll take Magneto as my favorite villain of the week, um, and thanks for not taking Magneto because otherwise I would have taken Pace Pot Pete.
0: Uh, <laughs> but...
2: <laughs> um, right. Magneto was, was another great choice. I think
1: just... The way that they reference the powers of magnetism, just is a just a height comic book science, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, he's gonna grow even more powerful. So that's that's a great choice.
0: And uh, I'll actually start this next one, Joey. For favorite overall comic, I'm gonna say the first uh, Fantastic Four we read, which I think was ten. Uh, the metal me one. With, Fantastic with, Four with 10. Lee and Kirby. Yep, that was my favorite comic, because when I opened that that comic and started reading it, my reaction, which I, I actually said earlier, was, this is what I wanted. This was the first comic that I read so far, where I was like, I wanted this. I wanted the meta. I wanted, you know, I wanted action. I didn't want, like, I, like I've been saying all along, I didn't want the Scooby-Doo aspect, and I don't feel like I got that nearly as much. I have more Skeletor vibes from uh, from Doctor Doom this week, but... Scooby-Doo-ness is starting to go away where the drop you caught me. Uh, let's hear from, uh, you know, let's hear from Joey next. I want to hear his favorite comic.
2: My favorite comic this week, which was a surprise to me, was the first X-Men comic. I really enjoyed the introduction of the X-Men, seeing how they came about, seeing who was a part of the original team. Um, I, I really enjoyed it.
0: And Bo. Favorite comic, go.
1: I was down to two. Um, yeah, and we X-Men. <laughs> <jumped them. laughs> no, no, no. X-Men was one of them as well, too, just because that was the one that I knew the least about and have never just taken the interest to dive in and read it. Um, but, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised by that one. So I got to go to what was my front runner, which is Avengers number one. Um, That is the comic that I've mo- read the most of. Um, as far as all of the current issues, the different runs with Jason Aaron, Jonathan Hickman, uh, Michael Bendis, uh, reading this original Stanley Avengers was pretty nostalgic. So that that was that was a good read for me. That's my number one for sure.
0: And we're switching around for the last uh, the last question. And we're just going to go in reverse order, Bo. Which of these comics would you make into a show or movie in the MCU? I feel like if they made an MCU version of The
1: Avengers, that it would just <laughs> uh, no, obviously, there's some pretty clear choices here because we got a lot of origin stories. We talked about Avengers, Strange Tales, uh, with Dr. Strange, Iron Man, how close those were to their movies. I'm gonna go with my second favorite comic here, and I would they've they've done this. um, but because we're going into the MCU and it's gonna be something different now. I think it would be cool if we got a take of this original X-Men team in, in the MCU. Um, I think that if we're fresh start bringing these people in, what better place to do it? So I kind of hope that's the direction that they go, because I could see that being beloved by many, many comic book fans.
0: Joey, what's your, uh, what's your take?
2: Give me the non-superhero completely unrelated war movie i'm taking sergeant fury and his howling commandos number one as my mcu film just a good old saving private ryan film in the mcu i want to see it
0: i knew i shouldn't have gone last because those were my first two picks.
2: <laughs> but i will if anything
0: think... we'll go about
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, I feel like that would, we know how Andor and Star Wars just went over, where it was like, you didn't have the Jedi, you didn't have like the big Star Wars aspect, it was more of like a, a thriller kind of spy aspect war film. So I feel like if you did a little six issue, or, well, I'm interchanging issue in episode now too, but a little six episode mini series on uh, Disney Plus of Sergeant Fury and his commandos, like, oh, I'm watching that every week.
0: A hundred percent. And I would honestly, I would, I would love it. I would love it. Cause I said, like in the MCU, Nick Fury is just kind of the guy in charge and he, he's the one who commands them. He doesn't really ever have that. I mean, you, you get a little bit of the backstory with, with Captain Marvel on how he, why he wears his eye patch, but you don't really get that Nick Fury backstory that you want. So I would, I would a hundred percent watch a uh, Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos, but I will go ahead and take Avengers one. And I'll say that, While they've done the Avengers in the MCU, they did not do this original Avengers set. And I would love to see, you know, Thor and Ant-Man and the Wasp and Hulk, like that whole story, chasing down, figuring out it was Loki. I would love that in some way, shape or form, maybe a different uh, uh, a different universe or or, uh, you know, somewhere else that that where it takes place. But I would love to see that group team up for the first Avengers. I'm
1: glad you said that, because I was wondering how that would tie in. But yeah, now that we've opened the multiverse, um, there could be just kind of a universe where this original team up is is where that happened. So that would would be kind of cool again as well, too. I think the MCU did a good modern take on that. Um, But yeah, this original team, there's a lot of history behind that as well.
0: Completely agreed. And that's going to take us to the end of the My Marvelous Year portion of this. So the last little bit of this podcast is a uh, special uh, special event from Joey, so I'm going to pass it on over to you, Buckaroo.
2: Oh, yes. I uh, I did request a special portion of the podcast here at the end to convince not only our listeners, but mainly my fellow co-hosts, Brady and Bo, to begin reading and exploring the extraneous Star Wars universe. So alternate alternative media in the Star Wars universe. Outside of movies and the TV shows that you guys are watching, um, I would like to convince you to start exploring the rest of the Star Wars expanded universe. And so Brady, I formally request from you, good sir, can you give me a 90 second timer? And could you give me a friendly uh, heads up when I'm at 60 seconds and, and 30 seconds on this timer so that I know where I'm at? Because uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make this a recurring thing every episode or two, um, and over the course of the next several weeks, I will convince you all to expand your horizons as my fellow nerds, and expand your comic reading, honestly, because... This this does spill over into Marvel comics. So let's at, do it at your uh, direction. We'll we'll start this countdown.
0: You're ninety seconds to start now, Joseph.
2: All right. So we'll start this with comics. I won't get into novels and and all of that. You know, good stuff there. But my introduction to you all, as uh, you know, fellow nerds that are looking to find something new to get into, is. The High Republic. This is a, a recent Star Wars initiative that's been going on for the last couple of years, and it is essentially a brand new Star Wars timeline and story. It takes place a few hundred years before the Star Wars movies that we know and love, and it follows, you know, the Jedi and the Republic of hundreds of years past, and it's basically just everything that you could picture loving about star wars but without the characters that you're tired of seeing. And so there are all of these novels and all of these, you know, junior novels, young adult novels, audio dramas, all 30 kinds seconds of things that you could get your your head involved in but Specifically comics, the High Republic comics. If you could pick one extra comic to start reading outside of the things that we're reading for this podcast, read the High Republic comics. There's some f- great fun Jedi things that are, we would love from you know, the, the prequel stories from when we were growing up, but it's a fantastic read and we will continue this discussion in a future episode
0: as a great timing because your 90 seconds are up. Um, as discussed, I, uh, look forward to getting into that after this crazy by marvelous year. So I made note, I even looked up, the uh, the comics mm-hmm. itself. So we will, uh, we'll see where that goes. Well, thanks everybody for joining any last words from the, uh, peanut gallery here on the podcast.
1: I have none except for, uh, I'm about to get started as early as possible because this, this reading is, has been taxing. Uh, I love your speech for me to add more readings on each week, Joe, but <laughs> I am going to have to prioritize a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, hopping straight into 1964.
0: Let's do it. We'll catch you all next week. See you.
2: Thanks, everybody.
1: Peace.